If you see Paul W. Smith on I-94 this morning, please move to the right. He may be running a few minutes late. It's the pre-W. Smith Show with Jeff Sloan on 760 WJR. All right, welcome back. Listen, we got, guys, we got something a little unfair going on here. How are we supposed to carry on with this show after you just have a segment with Paul W. talking pies? Apple pie, cherry pie, pumpkin pie, tis the season. Listen, how do you how do you follow up with anything after that, right? I've been Kristen, looking you at said, the, I've you been said looking that's all you're thinking website. about now. It huh? is. I've been looking yeah. at the website as oh, soon as see, I heard go. the interview. There, we've lost Kristen. Yeah, I'm gone. Yes, Kristen. We we did have a little conversation during the break where each of us would go. Kristen, you were you would go Apple if you had one right now. I'm going Cherry, Mark. Yeah, Apple. Oh. Apple. Mm-hmm. Got to get Brian in here. He now this guy knows. Brian, if you're gonna go one pie, Is that because right? I'm a fat guy. How you know? No, 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 no. It's because you no. It's listen. It's because you have such good taste, Brian. <laughs> well, a lot of people would argue that, but I would go pumpkin. Ooh. Pumpkin. Okay. Ooh, good no, you can't beat that right now. Yeah. Good choice. All right. Whipped right. whipped cream. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Pumpkin pie is really just a whipped cream carrier, Mark. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, field that, trip. That, that, that is funny. <laughs> field that, trip. That is funny, Brian. Uh, listen, guys, see what I mean? How do you carry on after that? How do you carry on? Well, we have to. Fortunately, we've got a really good story for you in this segment of the Pre-W Smith Show, and it's uh, one that will help us carry on after talking about pies. And here it is. It's a great feel-good story. In Erie, Kansas, you've got a 1,000 people or so that live in this small town, and their grocery store, the people that had owned it, the family for many years, didn't want to or couldn't carry it anymore. Tough business. And uh, they were done. The town was going to lose its grocery store. How do you have a town without access to groceries? Well, you know what the town did? They got together and bought the grocery store. The citizens of the town got together, bought the grocery store, saved it. And now they've got this great cornerstone grocery store that they all have ownership in, in this store. That story covered by Michael Waters. Michael, bring it to us. Yeah, to understand this story, you have to go back a few years. So Erie, Kansas is this town in southeastern Kansas that currently has a population of about a 1,000 people. And for a long time, Erie has only had a single grocery store in the town. That grocery store went by different names, but was at the time known as Stubbs Market. And it was run by this older couple that were looking to retire. And so sort of in the, the like, early to mid-2010s, they started talking about selling the store. They put the store on the market. They looked for anyone who would be willing to buy this single grocery store, and just no one was willing to do it. And that's for a lot of different reasons around the profitability of running a grocery store in such a small town and in such a small community. And finally, the owners just didn't know what to do, and so they went to the Erie City Council in August 2019, and they made a pretty intriguing request, which is, They said, okay, there are no private buyers that want to take this grocery store from us. They want to retire. They didn't want a part of it, but they knew that, you know, a grocery store is important to the functioning of a town, especially a a small town like Erie. And their idea was basically for the city council of this town, the, the town itself, to buy out the grocery store and operate it as a public utility. And so, you know, the the council discussed it and everyone was kind of on board with the idea and you know, eventually they had to send out 
the survey to residents, which you mentioned earlier, basically to ask people, do you want to do this? Like, would you be willing to spend money essentially ensuring that this grocery store will continue and the majority of people ended up saying yes in response to those letters. And that's amazing. It raises all kinds of implications. I mean, A, how do you organize everyone as owners? Is this a for-profit or non-for-profit entity that they hold their ownership in? It's a for-profit, but it's run by the government, so it's a little different. Yeah, and so is the government, even though there are various equity holders, if you will, in the company that owns the grocery store, and it's a for-profit business, is the company controlled and run by the government or is there a, you know, like a, a the equivalent of a CEO or a manager, someone brought on board to run the business day to day? Yeah. So uh, basically the way that the governing structure works is that there is a manager who who's oversees the store on a day to day basis and she reports quarterly to the city of Erie on sort of what's going on, um, what the profit loss situation is. So it's essentially, you know, it's run actually very much like a typical store. You know, they have employees, they have a manager, the manager hires the employees. And it really is that like next level of, okay, on top of that, they then, you know, they get their money or they give their money to the city of Erie. And so they are sort of checking in with the city council on a regular basis about sort of what's going on. Yeah. And I would imagine it makes that grocery store. I mean, first of all, that's a fundamental must have in a town, obviously, to have access to groceries now in these modern times, if you will, even though this is a bit of still of a throwback town. But I would imagine that first and foremost, just thinking through this, it'd be really interesting to go to your local grocery store and be an owner, you know, and the pride that you'd take in that cornerstone business. And, you know, if you see the apples have toppled over on the apple cart, you're going to be probably more inclined to pick them up and put them where they belong at that point. Yeah, I think as a community, having your city own this grocery store does do a lot in terms of securing the sense of, you know, knowing that this store will be around. And one larger trend, Erie is one small city, but it's part of this larger trend, which is grocery stores in small rural areas across the U.S. are closing down at incredibly high rates. In a place like Erie, it's not only pride just in knowing that you want to take care of this store, but it's also this longer term assurance that this store will be around as, you know, grocery stores and so many other communities around Erie are shuttering. And I think that really does make a difference. And that does do a lot to create the sense of security in the town. And, you know, even in the longevity of the town, when you're thinking about where you want to be living. In the end, Erie did buy the store. The purchase price was for 300000 plus some other associated costs. So they paid 100000 for the inventory, and then they agreed to pay a 0.5% cut of profits to the previous owners for the next 10 years. So in total, the price will probably come out to be about a little under half a million dollars for the entire store, the inventory, everything like that. And that was all paid for by the city and is now operated by the city. Yeah, and in saving their store, they likely saved their town, because as I said, this is an essential kind of business. I think it's really interesting. Do you happen to know if this is the first of its kind deal. I've not heard of this before, but do you know if this has been done in other places in the country and they, they borrowed the concept and applied it here or are they pioneers in this? Yeah, actually a few other towns in the U.S. have done something similar. And so they're obviously different models. You know, there are a lot of towns that are converting their privately owned grocery stores into co-ops, you know, where it's like a bunch of different community members own the store, but it's still kind of under that private ownership model. But there are actually a few towns in the U.S. that have city-operated grocery stores the way that Erie does. 
There's one in St. Paul, Kansas, actually not very far from Erie. And that is part of the inspiration for what Erie did is, you know, they looked at one of their neighbors and essentially saw the same sort of city ownership model was working and had been working for a number of years. And that's part of what inspired them. And St. Paul's this town even smaller than Erie. It's about 543 people. And even outside Kansas, there are a couple other examples. So for instance, there's Baldwin Market in Baldwin, Florida. Baldwin, Florida is a population of about 1.5 thousand people. And that is also another grocery store, a similar situation where the grocery store was about to close. The city felt that it was essential to its continuation to have it open. And then the city ended up buying it and running it as a public utility. And the broader context for this, and, and part of the reason why so many rural grocery stores are closing is a few different factors that are w- worth highlighting. One is just this like larger trend in small towns of depopulations. You see the populations of rural areas has decreased steadily over the last 10, 20 years. Between 2010 and 2020, the number of Americans living in rural areas fell by 0.6%, and that's part of this much longer-term acceleration. So even the market for people like who would be visiting these stores is going down. And then at the same time, you have dollar stores moving in and dollar stores, you know, are able to undercut these more independent grocery stores with lower prices on a lot of goods. But they don't actually have, in most cases, the same amount of fresh food and fresh meats and sort of food products that a traditional grocery store would. And then you also, you know, compounding that you have sort of this issue of a succession crisis, as with Erie, where you have older owners who are retiring and in part because of these previous factors, aren't able to find someone to take over stores. And so together, those three factors are really creating this longer-term decline across the U.S. of rural grocery stores. Okay. Well, this is new to me, but I'm sure it's not going to be the last. And I wonder how this concept could extend over into other critical features that a town must have in order to attract and retain citizens. And so I I find this to be... uh, (laughs) Quite eye-raising, to say the least, but thank you, Michael Waters, writer for The Hustle, bringing us this story. 